right. So hopefully everybody has an outline. It should say the power of prayer for kings and all those in authority. And uh, so I want to go through this outline a little bit. Before I do, I've got to tell you about an experience that happened to me. And uh, it's going to be a little bit odd for you guys on the live stream because we're going to have to take a pause. And we have a little copyrighted song that we can't uh, broadcast. So when you see the picture of the man, then just hold for a minute on the live stream. But we'll see it here. But anyway, um, so the other night, uh, you know, I was sleeping and doing great and having this incredible uh, night and restful sleep. And all of a sudden, uh, I had this uh, dramatic dream. It was so dramatic, I can still feel the emotion of the moment, right? And I was in a large stadium. Uh, you know, there's playoff footballs going on right now, you know, and the Super Bowl's right around the corner. So this um, amazing, uh, you know, gigantic, you know, 100,000 people probably in the place. And, um, and it was just before the game, and uh, this black man, uh, just, you know, uh, ordinary citizen, no one special, but he stood up in this throng of people. And when he began to sing, he began to worship, and he began to uh, before the Lord. And uh, he began to sing America the Beautiful. And it touched me. I, I mean, I'm still really emotional about it. I, don't, I, I knew it was some sort of prophetic sign, but he, he began to sing it. And, uh, but he sang it in slightly a different melody, but the most beautiful melody you've ever heard. You know, the normal melody... Uh, you know, you know the normal melody of America, the beautiful, you know, America, America, right? And he began just singing this beautiful little song, you know, saying the words, but in a different melody. And the people began to join him. I mean, all over the, this place, 100,000 people. And after he sang, the place went ballistic. The commentators on television didn't know what to do. And the teams didn't know what to do because no one wanted to play football. Everybody was cheering for America. You know. They were shouting and, and, and they were jumping up and down. And then there would be, USA, USA, you know. And then there would be all these chants, you know, like you were at a game or something. I mean, a, you know, like at Olympics. Or, it was just incredible. And it, they couldn't stop it. No one could stop this joy uh, one nation under God, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> the television guys, they didn't know what to do. And the players, you know, they, they just started joining in too, you know. And we just, they just kept going, you know. And then finally, it was time to play football. But they almost had never got to it. And, I, you know, um, in here, I'd, I'd like to play the Ray Charles rendition. Um, I had remembered, my wife helped me remember that he sang a rendition. And I just felt like it would be appropriate in light of that dream. I'm still actually trembling and shaking from it. I could feel it, and I, and I could sing, <laughs> as musically as impaired as I am, I could only sing the one or two lines of the melody and had Janice recorded of what the sound sounded like, right? So I got that out, you know, but it was a beautiful thing. But I thought I'd have, today, I'd just like to hear from Ray Charles. And uh, so, and I hope we can get it on the screen. Uh, you that are on the live stream, just wait a moment. We'll come back in just a second, okay?
Oh, wow. So this song was being sung, and it was as if the Lord was bringing our nation. It was like a, a promise in that uh, gigantic stadium that uh, we're more on the same page than we think we are, that God is bringing us together, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And uh, I was thinking, you know, uh, there's a couple of the songs in the Bible. I, it's not on your outline, but um, one's called the Song of Moses. And it was sung just after they got through the Red Sea ordeal and, um, and a, a song of rejoicing, uh, a time when the nation was in great peril and the Lord triumphed. And then in Revelation 15, that was in Exodus 15, in Revelation 15, we see the Song of the Lamb. And there's parts of the Song of Moses in the Song of the Lamb. It's what we sing at the end of time as God consummates time and brings uh, things to a close in the last acts of redemption. It's just an incredible, beautiful thing to think of. So songs are important, and uh, they represent something. And there was that song, I, I believe the Lord was just saying to me uh, that uh, you know, and especially the, the people, it's so funny, in the dream, they didn't care about the game. <laughs> they, they just forgot the game. The commentators knew, didn't know what to do because it was as if something took hold of the crowd and they just cared. They wanted to sing about America, right? They wanted to talk about America. And it was instigated by this one incredible song of deliverance and graciousness from the Lord. Uh, what a beautiful thing. And I, I believe that this is God's will for our nation, Amen. right? And um, so I have here the power of prayer for kings and all, and all those in authority. And uh, compared to what we just saw, I probably could just sit down and uh, say goodbye to everybody, you know, see you later. But there is something that we need to understand about God and what we can do about our situation, our national situation. I believe during this last season, uh, we saw um, the beginnings and I think it was sort of a dry run, maybe. I don't know that we succeeded all that well, but we did. Uh, it was a very, very visible in this time of prophecies coming forth, and prophetic people, and uh, prayers, and intercessions, spontaneous meetings. It was sort of that in the atmosphere, you know. And uh, I'm not sure all the prophecies were perfect and all, but it was something that was as if the Lord was stirring something, trying to talk to us. And we were, uh, even in the place of, of elections, trying to shape, you know, the values and try to understand and try to get behind things that uh, we felt like were the Lord. And, and of course, all this time, it's been the same thing. John mentioned the school. And, and all this time, we, we've trying to realign in our, we're kind of realign our lives. We're having a, a chiropractic adjustment from God, I am absolutely certain. And the school is one expression of it. By God's grace, we've, we're in conversation now to actually go all the way through the 12th grade. And um, so uh, that's just one expression of, of many that are arising that we didn't think we'd be doing the way we are now. Uh, and the warehouse is another expression, but even tributaries and branches off of it of benevolence and kindness to our land, to our country, to our community. And all of it is just a mixture of being servants to the community, hearing God's voice, how should we serve, how should we do this, and at the same time uh, following his word and what he wants us to do as a community. And 
It's just, uh, I think we're all kind of uh, in a new realm, and it's a supernatural realm, and there's nothing more supernatural that we can do for those that are over us in the Lord than to pray for kings and all those who are in authority. So I'm getting that phrase out of 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 4, and I would just uh, love to read these verses. Uh, they're just so beautiful and so powerful, and if you understand what they mean, so incredibly hopeful. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. When he says, first of all, he's, and I urge you, he's, he's got something specific in mind. He's trying to give them a word of, this. do this. Now, of course, you know, in that time, uh, we're talking about a time when per, uh, Christians were persecuted and eventually Paul of course would be executed by the Roman government and so he wasn't just saying this in a test tube he wasn't just saying this in some super spiritual way he he meant it he he believed that what he said was the very best things that Christians should always be doing and the answers to those saints prayers and the martyrs these prayers that Paul urged them to pray actually came to pass because if you look at world history eventually the Roman Empire was conquered by Christianity by the ideologies brought forth in the Lord, right? Changes were made. And then it's funny, because then as Rome became more and more corrupt, if you know your history a little bit, in the centuries that followed, the, the, the Germanic tribes invaded Israel, I mean, invaded Rome. And as a result of their contact with Christians and the Roman Empire, the entire European area became under the influence of Christianity. And those countries ruled for a few centuries and then if you know the story Scandinavian and the Vikings invaded and they too became Christians it was answered in a long trial through the centuries but nevertheless everywhere that God went everywhere the missionaries went eventually the land was leavened with the principles of God until it was transported even over here to this side of the ocean and so on and so forth so prayers are released in the near uh, time and also long past the generations that prayed them. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. I like that. Thanksgiving be made for all people. All kinds of people. Even people who aren't thinking so clearly right now. Amen. And that dream uh, that I had, what was so amazing to me is he sang the song in a slightly different tune, right? It wasn't an exact melody. But the people loved it. It was sort of his melody and rendition of America the Beautiful, right? Somewhat like Ray Charles, but it was a little bit even more different. But the people understood the spirit of it. They understood what was going on there. And the country was ripe. The, the stadium was ripe to hear something good about our country, to say something good about our country, to come together, right? I believe if we'll pray, petition, intercession, thanksgiving, these things, and what I'm about to say, I, I believe, will be, go a long way for this happening. Because this battle is not being fought only on the surface. It's not just being fought, fought by outside ideals or ideology. It's an inward battle. It's a battle for the soul of the country, for the soul of the world. Right? For kings, he says, to pray, and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Kings, that includes the current kings, all those in the Senate, the president, all of them. Yes. This is good. 
whether you like the president, whether you like your senator, whether you like your house of representative, whether you like the mayor, whatever it is, it's good. Yes, God. Yes. Can I just say that again? This is good. good. So you should be praying for these people earnestly. And it says, pleases God our Savior. God likes it. Yes. I don't know about you, but I found a long time ago, I just want to do what God likes. Yes. And everything goes a lot better, right? You may not like that senator. You may not like that politician. You may not like that leader, whether it's your mayor or whatever. But God likes him, her, right? And wants you to pray for them. And it's a question because while you hold bitterness and anger in your heart, it's a little difficult to pray. Anybody ever thought that? Felt that, right? And in this dream I had, there was just no, none of that. It was all just one voice. For one country and one people. For kings and all those in authority. So it starts at the top as we've been painfully seeing it. It has to, God has to start there and he works his way through, right? But that's not just because, dependent on how good they are. It it's, has something to do with us. That's what this sermon's about. I urge then, first of all, why would he say petitions, prayers, and intercessions if it didn't do some good? It may take a while, but eventually God wins. For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So part of this is that all people come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, and so on. It's just a beautiful section of Scripture. You see, God releases the authority of His kingdom through the preaching prayers and kind actions of his people. If we look at Matthew uh, chapter 10, we see these first disciples going out, and they're our model, right? And it's so important to see how the gospel began to unfold. These 12 Jesus sent out with the the following instructions. These 200 God sent out with the following instructions. You on the live stream, you too, sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or in any, any inner town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. This is their time where they were supposed to go at that moment. But then it began to spread quickly after Jesus left and went all to the nations. But here's the template. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. So this little template and the principle here is that we not only take out Jesus, the message of Jesus, but we take his power with us. We have the power to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have, uh, drive out demons, cleanse those who have leprosy, whatever it is, right? And also carry with us the words of the Lord, what God thinks about various subjects. But we need to do it like he would do it, right? Arrogance is one of our biggest enemies. My goodness. We have to watch that. Amen. Pride goes before a fall. There's every warning in the world. But what happens when you get arrogant? Yes, these are true things. There's heady stuff I'm talking about that we bring and the destinies to nation that we have the seed inside of us for countries and nations and for people and families. Yes. But it's humble seed because only God can do these things and we just are humble servants through whom he works, Right? So getting arrogant really does not help. And you have to be careful about that in this time more than anything else because it works against God, not for God gives grace to who? The humble, right? That's what the scripture says. Like the great prophet Jeremiah, we've also been given authority to speak words of prayer and prophecy over the nations. 
That's sort of a new thing, I think, that's been birthed during this time. We've been addressing prayer. I don't know about you, but I've been praying more for our nation and our community and our city than <laughs> my whole life. I'll tell you, this is a very cool thing. If you think about this for a moment, if it took this to get this much prayer for your government, my goodness, where are we headed? You think God's up to it? No way. You prayed too late. <laughs> you missed it. No way. No way. Our prayers are going to get answered. We're dangerous. When the words of Jesus come out of our mouth, we begin to pray the scriptures over our land and our country. Oh, my goodness. You watch and see. It's already in motion. We've been given this kind of authority. The words Jeremiah spoke literally came to pass over a period of many years, charting the destiny of Israel and the surrounding nations. He, he prophesied. God gave him a template. Well, which was about to happen? One of them was that Israel would be back. They'd be exiled, and then they would come back. And they were fulfilled through Daniel, the prophet, and other, and the rest of the body of Christ. They, I mean, that, at that time, the church, his very words were fulfilled over periods of, of 100 years. And, and so much so that Daniel, the prophet, Daniel, who was one of the captives, sent away, sent away into Babylon. And then later, the Persians. Seventy years, Daniel prayed this prophetic word, 70 years, that they would be returned to their homeland. And, and God even gave him the timetable, even Jeremiah said it. But nevertheless, you would think if he said 70 years, well, that's fine. That's an interesting thing. No, he didn't stop. He looked. He risked his life to pray the prayer that would get them back after 70 years. Do you know that? Because there was an edict made, uh, and the enemy hated this prayer so much that he made an edict, the, the government, the government made an edict, right? Said, nobody can pray except to me. <laughs> he prayed anyway, opened the windows every day so everybody could see him. They tried to throw him in a lion's den. Guess what? The Lord shut the lion's mouth. Why would someone pray every day for 70 years? Because he understood the power of prayer. For kings and all in authority, he realized that the authority above the authority was the thing. My question for us today is whether we know that's the thing. Are you too clouded and too angry and too upset and too critical to even pray for your government? I would think that probably the one that needs the most prayer in our nation right now is probably Joe Biden. <laughs> and I could see a short list of others if you could the most, right? I had to clear my soul. And I've had to be clear about that. Ask God to have mercy on him. <laughs> and it's a selfish prayer in the end, isn't it? Because <laughs> if God gets him or God gets others around him, then what happens? But this is a great challenge. It was a great challenge of Daniel. Prophesied 70 years, you'll be back. Every day praying it through. That's such a picture. Well, if it's going to happen, so prophecy is not like magic. Prophecy is working with God hand in hand. We as a church are learning how to hear God's voice and then pray it through. Not to act like spoiled brats, like we have everything and whack you with stuff. This is stupid. If we're going to whack anybody with stuff, whack the devil. <laughs> and then make sure you go to God. And every time you hear a stupid thing on TV or a stupid thing said or a stupid policy, go to God with it. God, no, no. So, and you're speaking to God directly. I tell you, this is the thing. Today, God gives authority to bind and loose many things through prayer, including things concerning our governing activities. We are not helpless. 
what hit that stadium in my dream was spirit, the very spirit of God. One guy just stood up and started singing that beautiful song. It's got God all in it, right? And the whole place went crazy. It Suddenly, he was singing interesting with a different uh, melody. He was singing his own way of looking at America, so to speak, his own vision, right? But it was a love vision, and he was singing that. And the people caught it, and then pretty soon everybody else was singing and screaming and saying their own version and wanting America to do well. It was just such a beautiful thing. I believe that's what God's going to do, right? Today, like I said, God gives such authority to us, and we just can't give up our authority. Truly I tell you, Matthew 18, 18, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Do we actually act, walk, look, think like that? That that's really true or not? I have to think about that for a while. Because I realize some of my own actions and attitudes and things, I, I don't act like a man that believes that. Again, truly I tell you, he, he says, you know, I, that might have been a bit hard on you guys. <laughs> so let me just say it again. Again, truly. <laughs> I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. And then, yes, you can take all of this stuff that we are seeing around us to God. You have this authority on you. The very King of Heaven is with you. First Timothy 2, 1 to 6, says this a little bit differently. Uh, it's so important, but it's very, very direct on how the early church thought of themselves. And remember, they're saying this in the context of the worst government at all. Hanging people on and crosses and hunting them down. I urge you, then he says, and Paul himself was eventually killed, beheaded by the Roman government. That same Paul writes these words. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. How do you give thanksgiving for Nero? Right? For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Perhaps through this time we're going through, we will never stop praying for the government again. Maybe we won't have to learn this the hard way anymore. Maybe we'll get it and never let go of it this time. Maybe something will happen in the church that will be so amazing. We will never, they will, this will always be a part of our whole thing. From, from the smallest of us to the oldest, always praying for the government. Because it's good, first of all, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This now... This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. For this purpose, he says, I was appointed a herald and apostle. The very government of God's on me, and I was appointed this. But I'm telling you, as a herald and apostle of the Lord, a representative of the Lord, this is the way the Lord wants you to act. He wants you to give prayers and petitions and thanksgiving constantly. I thought that thanksgiving was an interesting word for kings and all those in authority. How many of you feel like you, give, you want to give thanksgiving to all of our leaders, you know? It's hard sometimes, giving thanks. Thank you. And the word starts choking your throat about some of them, right? But there's something here we have to understand. The principle is that God is over all authority. So he's working some sort of purpose through it. So the question is whether we're going to get a hold of that purpose, see the purpose, act on the purpose, maybe even at the appropriate time, but especially pray for the purpose, right? Even though we can't see everything there is to know and what the result will be. The framers of our U.S. Constitution believe good government was only possible through the protection of God. Did you know that? 
It's in all their writings. Don't let history be distorted. When you read the history and you see the cultural and spiritual background of our country, it's really quite, quite remarkable. Others would like to cover that up, but we won't let it be covered up, right? Amen. The unique place God gives Christians to make good government starts with us and starts with believers. Clearly, good government's God's will. And we pray according to God's will. He hears and answers us. Did you know that? So we see from the Scripture it's God's will. But look what 1 John 5, 14 to 15 says. I just want to read these wonderful verses. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have, have what we asked of Him. Can I, can I just read that again? So I just told you the will of God. Praying for your government. Lifting your government. Praying. Why? We pray for our government so the government changes. So that it makes the kingdom come. There are policies that help God. And there are policies that are anti-God. Anti-Christ. Right? And our culture is in war over many of these things right now. So... One thing that's important for believers is to go a little bit more spiritual and faithful with praying together, groups like this and alone. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. Since this is God's will for us to pray for our government, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So when we pray for a good government, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. Frankly, while Christians are in this place, while Christians are in the land, the devil's going to have a really hard time of it. Right? Not because we're so smart. We're not. Gosh, I don't think we've been really smart. Wow. Some things I hear people say is just downright stupid, and believers too. And me too. I hear them coming out of my mouth all the time. Because I get all insecure and afraid, and then I start blurting out things. I don't, you know, you know I, mean, I do it all, you know. We're just not exactly, we never have been the smartest group, you know? We really haven't. But God's smart. And if we're smart enough to know that He's smart, we might just do some amazing things during this time of weakness. Rulers are God's agents, including the lowliest of people, as the scripture says. As part of the government of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Daniel and his friends were threatened with execution unless they revealed and interpreted a dream the king had. Daniel prayed, and God revealed to him the dream and its meaning. You can see this in Daniel chapter 2. Now, it's, it's significant. I mean, that the king just got tired of all these stupid people that he thought, you know, they're acting like they know stuff. Okay, we're going to find out what's what. I got this dream, and it's bugging me. So if you guys are so good at your job, uh, tell me what it was. Like, and everybody's panicking because everybody's about to get executed, including Daniel and his friends. In the second year of the reign of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, the chanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed when they came in and stood before the king. He said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. And the astrologers say, well, come on, no problem. Just tell us what the dream is. He says, No. He says, this is what I've decided to do. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. Anybody want to volunteer for a prophet <laughs> in this uh, sort of arrangement? <laughs> Everybody wants to prophesy these. How about in this arrangement? 
But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Now, I like this story so much because obviously everybody's freaking out over this, right? Right? Except this one guy, Daniel. So this is why I think we probably should get into practice. <laughs> we should be practicing up, listening to the voice of God, right? The astrologers answered the king, verse 10, there's no one on earth who can do what the king asked. This is precisely the way God is set up. God said, there's, yes, there's no one in the natural, no one like you guys, no one of you kind of prophets and soothsayers and false people. No, there's no one like that. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. Did you know there's a lot of enchanters and astrologers and magicians in our culture? A lot of people forecasting this and a lot of people forecasting that. Boy, they haven't done a very good job of the COVID thing forecasting, have they? Or any other thing for a moment. Then all these are in place. You know, they're like, they're like these astrologers. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. This is going to happen. And what it does is it erodes confidence. Oh, unless you're a believer. We're going to march into that anyway. What's God say? This made the king so angry and furious. He was just tired of all the stupid stuff. The bad advice, the weird counsel. He ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. Woo! So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Uh, isn't that interesting? He says, uh, can I just talk to you just for a second before you chop my head off? <laughs> He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? What was behind it? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the Lord, the God of heaven, and said, Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. This is important stuff. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And hopefully that would be you and I. If there ever was a time to get ahead of the game, to get ahead in this culture, it would be right now. Because we can hear God's voice. And I think it's a perfect time to sharpen our little listening skills up. Isn't it? Let's hear God's voice. You need to hear God's voice about your family, about your children, about your education. We've been listening so hard right now. What do we do about this? What do we do about that? What do we do about this? Our campus is in change because we've been hearing God and He's been telling us what to do. Do this, do that. I almost choked when he told me to start a school. So I've been through that before, and I knew how much it was going to cost and how much attention and how much uh, energy. But it was clear, right? And now I it's perfect. I love, and I love how it's unfolding. It's unfolding even better. And not to mention all the other things. And even delving, going deeper into homelessness. You'd think we just circle our wagons and try to let this whole thing blow over. No way. This is the best time. This is the most opportune time. Everybody else is running and we're not running. We're finding God. We're listening to His voice. 
Well, what do you want to do now? Well, yeah, why don't you house the homeless and take care of the poor and feed them and do that? Our, our list just expanded, didn't stop. It just grew and grew and grew. And we're doing things I never dreamed we could even do about even housing people. How many of there's a little housing crisis? And there'll be other things that the God's going to annoy us to do, like, why don't we heal the mentally ill? Well, that would be a great thing. I'm hot on the trail of that. I'm learning. I'm asking God to show me. Because there's keys there somewhere. Well, everybody else is running and doing crazy stuff and having strange reactions and stuff. We're going to stand up as a government of God and we're going to figure this thing out if we don't act like them. This is the one that changes the times and seasons. That's the one we worship. He's the one that deposes kings and raises up. He's the one that gives wisdom to the wise. Interesting. Wisdom to the wise. What's wise? That means you follow Jesus. You're wise. And knowledge to the discerning. Wow. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness. He understands what's behind all of this COVID stuff and all the rest. He knows what lies in darkness. He understands where it is. I would like to know where it is and put a lid on it. How about you guys? Anybody want to do that? That's what's being offered here. That's the point of this story of Daniel, by the way. The point of the story is that God raises up people like that. God raises a nation, a holy nation up like that. God raises prophets up like this. And light dwells with him, God. If we want light on the matter, it dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God, of my ancestors. You've given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. And so he goes to Arioch and he says, You know what? Don't execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king and I'll interpret his dream for him. Oh, wow. Does that sound good? Wouldn't you like to be able to do that? Okay, you got a problem? Look, just take me to the king. Take me to the king. I'll take you how to take care. Do this, this, and this, and it'll be fine. So he takes him to the king. I found a man among the Gentiles. The, the Arioch says, I found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king about the mystery he has asked about. All these enchanters and musicians are trying to tell the king about what they should do and not do, but God's wisdom is the one they're all looking for. Yeah. And guess what? It lies with you and I, ordinary citizens of the kingdom. But there is God in heaven who reveals mysteries. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Can I tell you? There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. You know, in this time, we wanted God just to give us the whole plan. You know, what do we do now? You know, the whole thing, lay it all out for the next year or two. He just tells you a little bit at a time. That's one thing we found. And sometimes I've had a gulp. You actually think, we, okay, 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 buy a tent, okay, <laughs> you sure? And I, I'm listening step by step, right? But he reveals mystery. Sometimes it's hard to listen. He has shown to King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come, your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed of these. And then he just explains. He just tells him what he dreamed and what it means. And that guy, wow, that king was impressed. I have greater wisdom. I don't have great. He says, as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive. Oh, can I just say that again? See, this is the right approach. We've been going the wisdom route. We've been listening, you know, like we have more wisdom than anybody alive. Suddenly we are experts on all kinds of inoculations and all kinds of things because we went through the internet and we found a few facts out. 
And then three days later, we learned that somebody over here was disputing the facts. Then we got all confused because this one we thought we had it and we knew what the, the remedy was. Breaks out. How about a momicron? Just when we thought we had this thing settled. Get all inoculated, da, 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 then all of a sudden, or don't get inoculated, whatever your vision is, whatever, you know. But the thing just transcends everything. Jumping over every boundary. Can't even take consolation that you have the disease because Omicron seems to jump over that sometimes. I mean, we don't even know, right? And we're all desperately trying to get wisdom, right? This is Daniel's approach. It's for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive. I like that he said that. That's where we need to be. That's where you're going to hear God's voice. The other thing about being so smart and intelligent and getting, I mean, we're way beyond our headlines. I just see us getting, see so many Christians getting way beyond simply because they have access to a little bit of information or whatever. You know, and, and here's Daniel who's like, he gets the dream. He's, he sees it, has the whole thing, tells him what it means. But he says, this is what he says. This is so instructive. God gives grace to who? The humble. He says, as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty, so I can serve you, your majesty, may know the interpretation that you may understand what went through your mind. God had compassion on him. He had put him over this entire empire. And he says, you know what? I've got this because your majesty needs to know what God thinks about this. And he was able to serve, right? The heart of the servant. It's so amazing. And in it he got supernatural revelation, right? Now here's the interesting thing. Later, Daniel also interpreted another dream and told the king that he would be insane for ten years, or seven years. Remember that? He says, you're going to go crazy for seven years. So that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of people. Oh, Lord, why did you put that in there? You set over the kingdoms the lowliest of people. No, no, no. Put smart people in. Intelligent people. Godly people. No, you set over... What? Can I read that again? Later, Daniel also interpreted another dream and told the king that he would be insane for seven, seven years. And I mean, he was really... Whew. I mean, he's out there in the woods and the trees and the animals and, you know, his hair's growing every which way. And eating stuff and, you know, who knows? So he's an animal. This king becomes an animal. So that the living, including you, king, may know... That the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth. So God knows how to deal with his leaders. And gives them to anyone he wishes. Gives the kingdom to anyone he wishes. And sets over them the lowliest of people. Which is not exactly flattering. Daniel's talking to him, right? After the king was humbled for seven years, he repented and glorified God. God can also change the hearts of leaders in our day in response to our prayers and our revelation. So I guess what I'm saying in this is there's two sides of this. One is like the humility of walking in this, but the other thing is we're not helpless or hopeless. Amen. Even already in our own limited ways here at the church, I felt like in other churches as well, I felt God's given us wisdom. And I want the whole thing lined out, laid out, you know, when I want a whole like little outline of what we do next, but he doesn't quite do it that way. But day by day, he just gives a little light and says, okay, why don't you do this? Even our facilities, what we've done here, we've just taken a step at a time. One time at a time, one step at a time. We just keep moving, 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 stepping, moving forward, go this way, go that way. 
as best we can do it, right? By, by the revelation. And prayer, I believe, has been really at the heart of this and should always be for all of us. And so let me just take that for your life. You're all on a unique adventure. You know why I know that? Well, you would be on a unique adventure if COVID didn't happen. But we really are on a unique adventure now. So your lives have been turned upside down and turned around. Use it to your advantage. Use it to become a prayerful person. Use it to listen and get a sense of God's voice. Out of this, we're going to become really strong because we're forced to hear God's voice. We're forced to try this out, say this. God, what are you saying about this? What are my family? Do I go here? Do I go there? And that's training time, really. But I also think it's more cosmic than that. What I mean by cosmic is I think it's more... It's bigger than that. I believe the entire church of, uh, of Christ, the whole body of Christ, is learning to walk in a different way, learning to hear in a different way, learning things about compassion and love, learning things about revelation and insight, learning to walk within the supernatural power of God. We're becoming dependent on God in a way we never dreamed possible. And can you imagine where that fruit's going to take us? Where is that going to take us? Drawing closer to God, trying to listen to God, trying to make decisions under God. In a world that's gone haywire, in a world that's disorganized and disoriented, so you have to make decisions not based on normal things, right? Wow, where does this take us? I think it's a good place. It's going to be a good place. As we look at the story of Daniel, which is part of this, and, and Israel, Cyrus the Persian eventually came and removed the Babylonians. I want you to say, listen to this. When Cyrus came into power, the prayer Daniel had prayed for 70 years was finally answered. Cyrus gave permission to rebuild Israel and most importantly to rebuild the temple. So Daniel, this captive, this captive under the Babylonians, for 70 years, he had heard Jeremiah personally give this word that Israel would be back. 70 years every morning, he threw open the windows and prayed that God would let them return to Jerusalem. And you know what? The leaders of his time were so, so jealous. They were trying to cook up some plan, so they thought, you know what? The king loves worship, so let's cook up this plan, see? So that only people can worship him, and if they don't, they get thrown into a lion's den, or they get killed, right? And that's going to make us look really good, because that king loves worship. So he did it. He did it. It's, they cooked up the plan. But guess what? You would think Daniel could say, well, I think I'll close the shutters today. <laughs> You know, just have a little private time in my inner room with God. You know, you're supposed to have a private time. I don't, I don't want to make that ever people know I'm praying anyway. You know, it's just supposed to be private. Okay, so I think I'll just shut the, until this thing blows over. No. He'd been doing it for 70 years and he, he, he left them open. And guess what? He ended up in a lion's den because of it. And God shut the mouth of the lions. Prayer is not for the weak. Walking with God is not for the timid. But it works. It pays huge dividends. That's why this time is such a time where we need to turn to God. One reason God gave Israel a temple was to pray for the nation in times of trouble. So as we close here, I just want to help you understand this is, this is who we are. Way back in the Old Testament, it was, it was revealed but we as the church, this, this is our job description. This is why we, we are. See, the temple of God there in those days was a structure where they would go and they would approach God. But we now are the living temple. Amen. All of us together, right? Amen. 
That's the New Testament revelation. So when I read this, think of yourselves, where two or three gather together in my name. There I am in their midst. We gather together like this and we pray. We are the new temple. This is what God was forecasting. This is what he was foreshadowing was about to happen. This is what he was going to do on the earth in the name of Jesus, through Jesus. Because Jesus gave us the access to heaven because of what he did on the cross. That's why you can talk to God. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It took away the barrier for the church and for us individually as the individual temples. We are temples individually and corporately. And so we see here in Second Chronicles chapter 7, uh, verse 11 to 16. This is the first temple, but we foreshadowed what we are. Listen to this. When Solomon had finished the, tem- finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. I have chosen this place as a temple. This place is a temple for sacrifices. That's the new temple. It even gets even better than that. You individually are the new temple. So there's a personal temple that you are, and then corporately we're a temple. When I shut up the heavens, in other words, when catastrophe begins to happen, did shutting up the heavens just happen then? No, it's happening now. And all other kinds of disasters. When I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague, He says, send a plague among my people. A plague gets turned loose among my people. It's like the indication here is that I might just be behind that. Whoa, that'll mess your head up. Nevertheless, don't think too deeply on that one, by the way. That'll make you crazy. Just quickly go to verse 14. If my people <laughs> catch yourself as you're falling. Okay, if my people... <laughs> who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face uh, and turn from their wicked ways. Stop being godless. Turn. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, interesting. Their land, if my people. So everybody in our land is not my people. So we're people in the land. But it also heals their land. It heals the land around them, right? Yes. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. How is it that we become prayerless in our families? It only takes two or three to gather together in my name. There I am. And if you agree about anything, you'll do it. That's what Jesus said. He said that. So you don't have to have a bunch of people, just even two people. How come it's so hard for a husband and wife to agree about even simple things? It's been five minutes in prayer asking God to change something. This is insane. This is crazy living. When all the answers are in the temple, foreshadowed by the Old Testament and fulfilled in the New. The New Temple is us together and us individually. We are individually the temple of the Holy Spirit. And together we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we can pray things together and cause things to happen. And we can pray things in our family and cause things to happen. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in what place? In this kind of place that we're talking about, this temple. In every place where there's a temple, my eyes are attentive, my, my, my eyes are open, my ears are attentive. I have chosen and consecrated this temple, this temple, so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Oh my gosh, his eyes and his heart, I didn't just get a, I'm not, it's not like he's just like this, um, 
sort of, you know, I put in the money and I get the, the coke out, you know. It's like this automated thing. No, 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 no. It's so relational. Ah, oh, son, come on in. What do you have to say? Good job, by the way. You know, it's the way we should be with our kids, you know. It's, it's just, my eyes and my heart are with you when you're doing this. I understand your need and everything, but my eyes are hard. I'm with you. I'm not against you. I'm, I, I want you to be with me. I want you to be near me. My eyes and my hearts are there when you pray. This is not a discipline. This is a relational thing. It's a clear as a son or a daughter asking something from their parents. Oh, our religion gets in the way. Wow, these basic principles, so religious. My eyes and my heart will always be there. And then we see, bottom of your outline, Matthew 18, my 18 to 20. Getting close to the end here. Truly I tell you, whatever you, who's the you? Me and you. Anyone that names the name of Jesus. That's why we're different. We're not just people with morals. We're people with guns. Not regular guns. Bazookas and missiles and artillery. Supernatural weapons that actually change governments and rearrange things. Cause iron curtains to fall. So proud of the church during that time. A church for years and years prophesied that iron curtain would come down. And it did in our lifetime. And other things like it. And Israel, even itself, a sign and a wonder that it would come forth and other things around our time. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth, how about a husband and wife, agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather my name, there am I with them. Get yourself a prayer partner. Give it someone that loves the Lord and start exercising your authority. Because all that happened in the Old Testament is forecasting what was supposed to happen in the New. The government of God as it's supposed to operate. We are the new people God has chosen to pray for the world's troubles. 1 Corinthians 3, 16-17. Know you not that you're the temple of God, right? In David's description of good government, we get a clear vision of why we should pray so much for governing authorities. And I'll finish on this. So, 2 Samuel 23. He describes what a good leader is like, right? So it's so important that we give attention to this matter. It's so funny because we always, you know, when it comes to the National Day of Prayer, we take a few moments, you know, and we try to have a special thingy to equip people. I think I probably should be doing this more. Let's not just pray on the National Day of Prayer. Do you think we just need prayer one day a year? I don't think so. Like, I need it like ten times a day. But what about your government? What about those over you? What about these things? What about a disease that's crippling? What about all the rest, right? But I love this description. It's second Samuel, if I can get to it here. Uh, 23, 1 to 4. And I'll close on this. These are the last words of David. Wow. David the king. The inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse, the utterance of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob. The hero of Israel's song. In other words, this is an important guy. Listen to what he has to say. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, when one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God. Now, this is for any ruler, anybody that's been given responsibility. You might be a teacher in a classroom. 
You, you might be, you know, your own kids and your family, or, or it might be some other thing at your job. Wherever you're ruling, whoever, whoever's ruling, male or female, who, when he rules in the fear of God, listen to this. This is why it's so beautiful to have things like a Christian school. It's so beautiful to have things that touch us intimately, to be, even be a part of a Christian company, by the way. I'm speaking to you rulers and you that are in, in uh, executives in a, a company or a place. One of my favorite things that we do is praying over our businesses and everything because, because you have so much influence. You have so much to say about the way that, that those people serve God. Their, their, their living is dependent on you in a, somewhat, in a sense. Ultimately God, but whatever atmosphere you set in that place means so much to so many people, especially if you have a few, few employees. So, so when one rules over people in righteousness, whether it's a classroom or, or whether it's a, a little corner somewhere of a, a business or, 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 or whether it's just uh, being a good citizen, yes. when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise. That's why we pray for our leaders. We need this light of morning at sunrise. On a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. That's what good rulers are like. That's why we pray for all those that are in authority. It brings a refreshing, a renewing, a peace, a beauty, right? Amen. Let's all stand. I'll just sort of finish. A number of you are going to Hey, by the way, we're having a newcomer's welcome, I think, here afterward. I'd love to see you, hang out with us out in the tent. Is that right, guys? I got that right, right? I'm not... Okay, thank you, John. Thank you, Lord. So, if you would like to hang out with us after the service, uh, feel free. We're going to our tent over here, and we'll have food and stuff, and just talk about our church a little bit. And, uh... But before we do that, uh, I think that I cannot preach this kind of sermon and set you up and then not have you pray. <laughs> so we're going to have some worship up here. And um, so if you like, I'd like you to just come forward with, or stay in your seat or whatever and just take a moment and pray. And pray so specifically about those under you, around you. Pray for our government, from Joe Biden on down, or whatever God leads you to pray. But I think we should just take a moment you know, and pray. And um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray out loud and you can kind of agree with me on some themes. And then we're going to be doing worship here. And so while we're doing worship, you might just want to stay. Matter of fact, I'd like to do this. If you feel like you might have something that you would significantly feel like uh, you'd like to touch heaven about and maybe spend a few minutes, you know, some of you have to go immediately, but you might want to just come up during the worship, right? however spontaneously you'd like to do that, all right? So I'm going to pray a general prayer, and then we're going to worship, and you might want to just come up in the front, get a quarter somewhere, or just stay in your seat. Maybe sit down, relax in the corner, and just ask Jesus to do some wonderful things in our country. Some wonderful things in our church, some wonderful things in our family, to do the impossible. What an invitation. Our Father, who art in heaven, is the one that's calling us. Aren't you glad there's only the king of the universe I'm approaching but my dad? So I can tell him everything. I could be completely honest and say, look, I blew it. I, 
but I, I think I'm supposed to do this, and thank you for that. And uh, you can just have this wonderful conversation. I think in this time, more conversations need to happen. We can't forget the Lord. I need these informal ones. Even if you're mad or angry, upset, just have a good talk with God. What about this? Lord, I'm asking for our church and our whole community, Lord, that you would put good rulers in place, that you would elect in this next election season great city council people and great leaders, senators, and representatives. We pray for our own dear president, Lord. We pray you would channel his heart like water. We pray, God, that you would take advisors out that are giving bad advice. Pray that he would learn how to place good people around him. We pray you would come to him in his deepest need. We pray you would speak to him and channel him and encourage him, tell him the truth. Lord, may the truth set him free. And our governor, Lord, and all those over us, even our boss at work, remember them, Lord, these that are over us. As a unit today, we cry out for our government and the peace of our government. Lord, God bless America. God bless America. And may that dream come true. May suddenly, for a time, people become more interested in the, in the country, important values than even the ball game. <laughs> may they see God in His connection to our land. Help our leaders. Help us to pray for our families and household. Help us in a place where we've been prayerless, spiritual midgets, so to speak. Just forgot who we were and what we have. What we have to offer. Forgot that we could agree with another brother or sister, even our own wife or husband. and See things happen. I believe that some of you are going to come up here in a moment. And uh, you can just do it from your seat too, whatever you like. In the middle of worship, just pray some pretty intense prayers. And I think, uh, I think sometimes I pray and I don't know, but sometimes I pray and I know I hit something. May God give you and grant you the ability, just in this moment, whether it's just a one-sentence prayer or five sentences, to pray, intercede, and see mountains move in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come up if you like to pray. Stay at your seat. Leave if you have to. If you want to eat lunch with us and hang out with us as a newcomer, feel free to do that here in a few minutes.